Hey girl, you are so amazing and you possess this unique inner awesome that the world so desperately needs. And guess what? Your body size has nothing to do with that part of you. But I get it. I spent way too many years living in insecurity and I've spent the last decade working with women just like you who struggle with the same. And when it comes down to it, I think our amazingness becomes all too easily eclipsed by two things. Body bullying, which in turn impacts how we take care of our body and our health. Whether it's overeating, undereating, overexercise, not moving at all, moving from dieting to the anti-diet culture, girl, the pendulum just keeps swinging. I started this podcast because it's time to break up with body bullying and find a way to live balanced in your body. I'm Jess, body bully warrior, registered dietitian, and food freedom guru. I love talking about food and nutrition because I believe knowledge is power. And when we have knowledge and we know how to navigate that within our own body and our own story, we can be unstoppable. (laughs) If you're looking for more support, please email me at jessbrownrd at gmail.com. And I'd love to be in your corner personally and walk with you on your food freedom journey. Let's stop letting culture define health, beauty, and what we should and shouldn't eat so we can finally live free in our own body. Grab that cup of coffee or lace up those running shoes and let's dive in to today's show. I love what I weigh. Said no woman ever after hopping off the scale. (laughs) Seriously, I have been weighing people for 10 years and myself for 20 and I've yet to have someone get off the scale, even if they hit their goal and say, I'm so satisfied with that number. There's something about Seeing that number, no matter what it is, even if it's going in the direction that we're trying to go, it's never enough. And I think it's it's kind of like money in our culture, right? Like even if we're making a certain amount of money, it's never enough because we're told to be richer, be skinnier, be more muscular. Like it's always more, more, more. And finding space to just like be okay with that number is really, really hard. I think my relationship with the scale has been, it's been touch and go over the years. I don't, I was trying to remember when I was preparing for this podcast, I was like, when is the first time I weighed myself? And I I cannot remember the first time I weighed myself, but I do remember the first time that I was impacted by what I weighed. And it was, I had gone to a doctor's appointment and I had started playing soccer. So I'd put on quite a bit of muscle my I'm genetically predisposed to have muscular legs. And so as soon as I start engaging in some sort of exercise that builds muscle on my legs, it it comes pretty quickly. And so my weight shot up and I went to the doctor's office and they had noticed my weight had bumped up and said, you know, your BMI is a little bit higher than what it's been in the past. And we want to make sure your BMI doesn't get too high. And I thought, okay, so my BMI is too high. Like that's what I walked away hearing. And I think that's when I started weighing myself a little bit more regularly and started paying attention to this number because it was like all of a sudden I was told it was too high and too much. Prior to that, I don't think I've ever, I ever had anybody talk to me about it just being okay or like a measurement of the pull of gravity. It was always it was presented to me in this fashion, like it was a problem. And so I think that's how I just had approached my, my weight from there on out. When I went to college, I started obsessively weighing myself. And that's when I started like doing like the multiple times per day. You know, it was like I'd weigh myself in the morning. And if it was a pound up, that dictated what I would eat that day. And then if I ate something that felt or I ate in a way that felt out of control, I'd like hop back on the scale to see like, ooh, did it impact my weight? 
Like, did that make me gain weight? And it was this really pathological relationship with the scale during that period in my life. Then it like it swung to where I hated the scale so much that I just avoid it. Like I didn't want to get on it at all. So I just stayed off of it until I almost couldn't take it anymore. And then I'd get on and it would confirm all my worst fears and the cycle continued. Yeah, ugh, it was just so painful. I think, I mean, I think most of us have been there and some of you might be there right now and, and know that it is something that can be a huge energy suck and really pull from our attention over the course of the day. I think the first time I considered my weight to be more of a unit of measurement instead of a marker of my self-worth or something that demonstrated like my self-control or whatever <laughs> was when I, I went bungee jumping. So this was um, really when I was coming out of my eating disorder and really working in recovery. It was a really cool time in my life. I was so blessed. I got to study abroad in Australia and I was in this little town called Wollongong, just outside of Sydney. It's a beach town. It's really, really a dream when I think back about it. But we, for spring break, we had decided to go to New Zealand to do an adventure tour with some of the friends I had made. So my jam, like all the adventure stuff. I mean, we did jet boating. We did whitewater rafting. There was also, you could sign up to do bungee jumping and skydiving. I didn't get to go skydiving. The weather was bad. But bungee jumping was a part of this package. And I have a huge fear of heights, but I'm so competitive. <laughs> so we signed up to do it. And in my head, I'm going, no, 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 I don't want to do this. Like everything about this sounds terrible. But in my competitive mind, I'm like, well, I can't be the only one not doing it. <laughs> and so I ended up doing it. But we had to go and it was it's actually the second highest bungee in the world. And it's only short by one meter. So I can I'm like, yeah, it's like the highest bungee in the world. But we you go in this like pod and it has a glass floor or a see-through floor. So just to like add to the drama and the overall effect of it. We go out in this pod in the middle of this canyon and we would jump out one by one <laughs> and watch each other bungee. It was really cool. Now in preparation for this, we had to get weighed and we had to write what we weighed on our hand in kilograms. And I'll never forget it. I We had to line up. We had to get weighed, the numbers right there for everybody to see, and then we had to line up in order of what we weighed. And so the the part of me that was really coming out of my eating disorder was so triggered. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I want to be at the very end and the lowest weight, but I'm not at all. And I looked at the girl at the end and I thought she was perfect and I wanted to be her. So like all that stuff was triggered. But then at the same time, I was like, wait a second. They're doing this because they have to strategically adjust the bungee based on what I weigh so that I stay safe <laughs> and come back. And we have to go in this order because they have to adjust the bungee in that order. And it really put this like different perspective on my weight. All of a sudden it was like, yeah, I mean, there was a part of me that struggled and was embarrassed and didn't like that being shared. But on the other hand, it was kind of like, wait, this is just a unit of measurement. And that unit of measurement is being used to determine how to go forward here. It's kind of like when I hang pictures on the wall and I'm trying to buy hooks and I look at the hooks and it says like this will hold 10 pounds, this will hold 20 pounds, this will hold 30 pounds. It's a unit of measurement to help us put the right resources in place to perform the task. It was just a whole new concept to me. So anyways, I ended up bungee jumping. It was the coolest feeling in the world. I mean, oh, talk about a free feeling. I'll never forget. I was like on that ledge. And the guy's like, okay, we can't push you. And of course, he had this really awesome Australian accent. But he's like, we can't push you. So I'm going to count to three. So he counts to three. And 
It's like my body completely re- was like repulsed by the idea of jumping. I just, I couldn't do it. And he's like, oh, he did it again. He's like, okay, ready? Here you go, hon. One, two, three. And again, I didn't jump. <laughs> and so finally he goes, all right, Jess, see those trees over there? I want you to look at those trees. Aren't they gorgeous? Look at this beautiful scenery. I want you to turn your brain off. And one, two, and I jumped. Oh, so cool. The coolest feeling ever. I don't think I could do it again. Like I've outgrown that bravery, (laughs) but it was a really cool feeling. Also, total side note on here. This was the trip that I have seen the only famous person I have ever seen. And it was Ryan Reynolds walking through the New Zealand airport. I can like die a happy woman that that was the only famous person I've ever seen. (laughs) So that was an incredible experience. It gave me a different perspective of my weight and how my weight needs to be used and interpreted in this world. That was the moment I decided that, you know, I'm just not going to get on the scale for a while and I'm just going to be in my body and I'm going to see what I can do with with just that. In my second episode that I dropped this year, I invited you all to get off the scale for 30 days. If you have listened to that episode, it was with um, a client. It's an interview with a client of mine who was also struggling with the scale and she set a goal to stay off the scale for 30 days. And... Many of you did that. It's been so cool to get your messages and your emails and your DMs, like all of that. It's been just amazing to hear what happens when you stay off the scale. But when we do that, two things happen. One, we kind of go, okay, now what? I mean, if we've been using the scale as a unit of measurement for our like progress for years, it's kind of like, okay, well, now what? And then we also still get like tempted to get on the scale. We get pulled in. So today, what I want to talk to you guys about is just three things to consider when it comes to the scale. I've got some really awesome tips on how to navigate like what now what if we know getting on the scale regularly isn't something that best serves us like what do we do now and how do we still work towards our goals if that's not a part of the process. I'm so excited for you guys to be here today. I've got some really good stuff for you and uh, hopefully we can all get to this place where we look at our weight as a unit of measurement instead of a marker of our self-worth. This episode is brought to you by ClearStep. ClearStep is the first HIPAA-compliant numberless scale that allows you to get the support you need in a way that you want. No more blind weights, no more relying on others to capture your weight, no more numbers. Guys, no more anxiety. These scales are super cool because, one, they come in really cute colors, like gray, browns, wood, neutral tones. You hop on this scale and it gives you zero feedback. So no numbers, no feedback. Um, The number is actually uploaded to a HIPAA-compliant server where your dietitian, your health coach can monitor your weight and then talk to you about it in a setting that is much less emotionally charged than you being by yourself in your bathroom with all your emotions around the scale. For all my dietitian and health coach friends out there, telehealth is really here to stay, and I have found ClearStep to be a great way to grow your practice from anywhere. You're providing the same level of care as you would in person with this HIPAA-secured weight monitoring scale. For those of you that are interested in offering this to your clients, check out the link in my show notes. Use the code JessBrownRD to get $5 off your one-time registration fee. That's going to cover you for the use of this app and an unlimited number of clients. For any of my clients out there that are interested in ClearStep Scale, I've also got a link in my show notes. It's a beautifully designed scale that looks great in every room, but it doesn't have the anxiety attached to it. So you can work towards your goals without getting wrapped up in the distraction of emotion and anxiety that really comes when we get on that scale. Huge shout out to ClearStep. Love the innovation you've presented in this 
this new virtual world we live in and allowed us to offer services to our clients that we could in person, but doing it from distance without the anxiety attached. I love the work you guys are doing. Thanks for sponsoring today's show. Okay, so we're moving into how to have this relationship with the scale that's really more of like a objective or like looking at the scale as an inanimate object as opposed to this thing that just has crazy power over us. We want to be able to pull away and feel more peace with this number, feel like it doesn't control us, that it doesn't trigger us to go one direction or the other throughout the course of the day. I just had an incredible session with a client yesterday. She has decided to stay off the scale and she had that moment where she's like, okay, I've been doing really like quote good. I've been really focused on my food. I've been exercising more and I'm, I'm just curious like what's happening on the scale. So she got on and she had not, her goal is weight loss and it had not dropped in the way she wished it would have. And so what happened is she said, well, forget it. And she had like three days where totally took her attention off like her goals. And she started eating, um, kind of going back to some old habits where she was eating with less intention, um, not eating as many of the like fruits and veggies and proteins that we had been working on. What was really cool about this experience with her is that she came back to our next session and said, okay, that was not helpful. So I've decided to just stay off of it because no matter what it is, it throws me. Like if it's down, I think I'm doing good. I'm like, oh, see, it's working. And then I kind of go back to old patterns of like, well, now I'm going to go eat whatever I want, or maybe I could take an extra rest day. Or if it's not down enough, then it's like, well, see, this isn't working. So either way, that feedback isn't helpful for her. So she's decided to just stay off it for the time being until we come up with a, a plan that she wants to return to that scale. For me, I have decided that a scale is just not something I want in my house. I mean, I don't have one in my house. There was a moment I brought it in after I had my babies because I kind of wanted to get back to my my pre-baby weight, which, okay, I just don't even think that's a thing because your body's different after you have a baby. <laughs> it never goes, there is no such thing as a pre-baby body going back there after having a baby because your body's been through so much that... I just think it's unrealistic. Anyways, I'm going to talk more about that. Actually, I have a podcast coming um, in a couple weeks. I'm interviewing an author who just dropped a book on postpartum care the first year. So you guys definitely want to stay tuned for that. So we'll get into that later. But anyways, I brought this scale home and I think it lasted for like two weeks. And then I thought, no, this is not good for me. I got to get it out. It just even being someone like I work in the field of working with women on overcoming body image, fueling our bodies to be the healthiest and strongest it can be. And I know all the science around what happens in the body and why you lose or gain weight. And I still get on that scale and it pushes my buttons. And so I just, yeah, it's not for me. I don't have one. The only time I weigh is I will periodically weigh myself at the gym I go to for the reason I want to see if I've gained lean body mass. So it's actually a scale that measures my body composition. And number two, because I'm a, I'm a total CrossFitter, I drank that juice. <laughs> when I started, I was like, this is this is crazy. CrossFit's crazy. And now I'm totally one of those people. <laughs> but I um, one of the benchmarks in CrossFit is doing this movement. It's called a clean. To, so doing a clean and being able to clean your body weight. And that's like when you pull the barbell up and kind of like... I'm doing it right here. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing the movement. Can you see it? <laughs> but I want to be able to do my body weight or clean my body weight. And so that would be a time that I, I weigh myself. But other than that, I've just found 
it's really not helpful to me unless there's like a clear reason for it, like doing a clean bungee jumping. But there are a few things that I want you all to know about the scale to get to this place where you just don't have as much, we don't put as much emphasis on it. So number one, knowing that the scale and really like holding on to this is that it fluctuates on the daily multiple times per day based on a multitude of different factors. There are so many things that impact that number. If we have any body image issues, that can really color how we interpret that number. And we can take that number and turn it into like something we did. It fluctuated because of something I did rather than considering all the different external factors that contribute to what happens on that scale. I did this little experiment one day for my clients where I I weighed myself. I kind of went back to like my college days where I weighed myself multiple times throughout the day. Only this time I graphed it and I noted what was different. So I have this graph and I'll post it on my stories and on my Instagram. And so I can put in the show notes a link so you guys can see this. So you'll see on the y-axis is my change in body weight. And on the x-axis is like the variance of what was different. So first measurement on there is what I weighed in the morning, got up, nothing on, weighed myself. It was zero. So obviously no change because that's the first data point. And then I had breakfast and it went went and weighed myself. It went up a pound. <laughs> Probably that because I had breakfast and my like 15 cups of coffee. Just kidding. I don't really have 15, but I do have a lot. That's why I talk so fast. <laughs> and then I went to use the restroom and it actually went down a pound and a half from the previous weight. And then I carried on. I think I drank some water. I may have had a snack. I weighed myself again and it was like up 0.9 pounds from when I had started Then I had lunch, and now I'm up like just over two pounds from the start of the day. Then I walk over to a different scale, and it was actually just a little bit higher on a different scale. So it goes up a little bit more. And then I use the restroom again, and it drops down a pound. And then I go across the hall. I was at work. I go across the hall, and I use a different scale, and it's down a little bit more. And then I had for dinner that night, we have this amazing pizza place here locally in New Mexico called Dion's. So I had two slices of Dion's pizza, some wine, and went and weighed myself. I was up four pounds after that meal. Now, rewind to college days, this would have totally freaked me out. And I would have panicked and thought, okay, you know, I've got to punish my body. I've got to get up early and exercise. I might have, this is in the heart of my eating disorder. So I probably would have taken some um, laxatives or diet pills. I hated that I did that. But that's where my brain would have gone. But here, you know, in today's world, I know, and you'll see on the graph, the really cool thing is, is it dropped, I did use the restroom one more time before bed and weighed myself. It dropped about a pound from after that, my pizza and wine. But I woke up the next morning and it was 0.1 pounds lower than where I had started the prior, the day prior. And I think that's Like you look at this graph and you can see how it goes up throughout the course of the day, but then the next day, it's the same. And I think seeing it in that graph form is really healing because it takes pressure off that one data point and helps us to see the massive fluctuations that can happen over the course of the day. Guys, this doesn't even capture some of the other stuff that can happen. Like if I had been on my hormonal cycle, I probably would have seen a higher spike or higher numbers. If it's raining outside, like today in Albuquerque, it's actually raining. And when that barometric pressure is different, we tend to weigh a little bit more. 
If I had a salty meal or a higher sodium intake one day, chances are I might weigh a little bit more the next day because I'm retaining more water. I mean, there are so many other things that impact that weight fluctuation beyond just what I think our brain thinks, which is like, oh, I gained body fat. That's really not always the case. And a scale really doesn't capture that. So number one, it fluctuates on the daily throughout the day based on so many different factors. And we need to like remove our pressure on the one data point and start thinking of it kind of bigger picture and and overall trends. So number two, the scale fails to capture body changes or body composition changes. So just some examples here. And (laughs) if I could invent a scale to do this, I totally would. Okay, if you got on and it was up three pounds, but it explained why, like it said, oh, you're up three pounds and 75% of that is muscle and water. It's like, oh, okay, like that changes how we interpret that three pound change. Or like when I was pregnant, even though I obviously you're pregnant, you should be gaining weight, you need to be gaining weight. But even seeing that number go up it triggered this this weird like visceral response in me but i wish there was like an explanation next to it just to like rewire my brain that said like yeah you're up 5 pounds but your amniotic sac has increased by 10% and your baby is now the size of an avocado you know and gave that description i mean we know those things but we tend to forget them when we see that number. I've got quite a few friends going through fertility treatments right now and it's impacting their bodies and weight is going up. And I wish again, it's like if they, if they're weighing themselves and I wish there was an explanation or, or more information next to that number, like up two pounds, congratulations, your hormones are shifting and we're doing everything we can to prepare your body for a baby. I even wish a scale told more of the story behind what's happening with weight changes. Like if you go on vacation and you increase five pounds, it said something like, hey, congratulations, you went on vacation and enjoyed yourself. Now that you're home, chances are you won't be eating all the same sorts of foods. Just those thoughts. It's like we need a little, I don't know, like a Siri explaining what's going on. Because the other thing is, is sometimes when it's dropping, our culture says good, but in reality, it's not always helpful. It's like weight's down one pound because you were starving yourself. Or weights down one pound because you were obsessively thinking about food. In essence, the scale does not capture the story around your weight, which is really at the heart of where our focus needs to be when it comes to weight. Is like what's going on around the number? The number is just maybe a byproduct, maybe not even a byproduct. It might just be what it is for whatever reason, because of hormones or lack of sleep. But the focus needs to be the story and everything happening outside of that number. So number three, what if you do decide to weigh yourself? Let's do it with the necessary boundaries. So I do have many clients that have weight loss, weight restoration, meaning they've lost weight and we're trying to restore weight, or weight gain goals. So how do we go about working towards these goals if we're not using a scale. Guys, this is why I absolutely love ClearStep and I'm really grateful for their sponsorship today and getting to share it with you all because this is a way to essentially work towards that without making it a focus. I have several clients using this right now and one in particular is coming to mind. She's amazing woman, long history of distorted relationship with food and the scale She's never been clinically diagnosed with an eating disorder, but has definitely engaged in disordered eating kind of throughout her life. Um, And she has a family history of diabetes, heart disease, and she sees 
other folks in her family who have gained weight to a point that it limits their movement and their capabilities. And that's scary to her. Like, she does not want to be there. She's got kids. She likes to play with them. They're big campers. They're very active. And she wants to, while she's coming to a place of having a better relationship with her body and not so focused on the scales, she still wants to ensure that she's not gaining weight to a point that's going to set her up or to limit her on some of the things that she enjoys. And so she's like not quite ready to let go of the scale because it kind of freaks her out. She's like, what if I gain weight? I'm genetically set up. What if it keeps going up? But at the same time, she doesn't want to be weighing herself because it's not health. So I sent her home with a clear step scale and she weighs herself pretty much every day. But the really cool thing is that it allows me to see just like I graphed my weight throughout the day, like I get to do that with her over like a month. So we can see over the course of a month, hey, this is what happens during your your PMS week. You are feeling like you've gained weight during your period. Well, your weight is up, but look what happens the next week. It comes back down. This might just be a natural part of your cycle. We get to see what happens after she goes on family vacations or camping trips. And the really cool thing is, is seeing her being able to see it in graph form in big picture with so many data points, it helps relieve some of the anxiety. And the stress and the pressure on that one number. So I think it's a really cool way. And I found it to be really, really helpful for people that have weight goals, but have a lot of emotional hangups when it comes to the scale. The other option that I offer clients is picking specific days to weigh yourself. So if you do decide that the scale, you do want it to be something that is a part of your process, pick two days a month or two days a week depending on what what better serves you and commit to weighing on only those states and times and graph it. I met with someone actually this morning who we decided just this. She's going to weigh on the 1st and the 15th of every single month. This will help her because she has a weight target that she's working towards, but she's decided getting on regularly distracts her. And what was happening is she was actually getting on kind of sporadically based on how she was feeling, and then it would distractor. So I said, let's weigh on the 1st and the 15th of every month. If you get the itch in between that, that's okay. Like acknowledge it. Say, okay, I know I'm I'm feeling the urge to weigh myself. I want to know the number. I'm going to have to delay that until the 1st or the 15th. That time and space helps to separate some of the emotion that's attached to it. And then again, graphing it helps us to see it in big picture instead of just one data point at a time. Okay, sisters, I'm really hoping today has really helped you Find some of those first steps to take in removing some of the emotion that we have attached to the scale and start walking towards a healthier relationship with that number and identifying it really more as a unit of measurement instead of a marker of our self-worth. So remember, weight's going to fluctuate day to day, even week to week, depending on our cycle and our hormonal cycle, depending on our season of life. So graphing it and looking at it from more of a bird's eye view instead of getting really granular with it might better serve you. Number two, it fails to capture body changes, season changes, and it doesn't capture your story. And then number three, if those first two facts did not trigger you to release the scale and stay off of it and you still want to use it as a, a unit of measurement, make sure you do so with the appropriate boundaries. Guys, Clear Step is an awesome way. If you're working with me, let me know. I would love to bring that into a part of our process and take some pressure off you. I don't take that trust lightly when people entrust me with those numbers, but um, one of the cool things about doing that is 
I don't have the emotional attachment to it that you do. I don't have the judgment that you probably do. Instead, I'm looking at it from more of like a clinical and scientific perspective. I mean, at the end of the day, the goal is to do everything we can to take care of our body. Sleep, feeding it with fuel that energizes us both emotionally and physically, intending to self-care when we need. And I really don't see the scale in our bathroom being the first thing we do every morning or the first thing you do when you get out of the shower. I don't see that as being something that uplifts us and helps us stay connected to our inner awesome. It's very, I don't think I've ever seen that. Like I hate to use extreme statements, but I'm sitting here really racking my brain trying to think of like, I've ever known someone that has weighed regularly and every day and if it's benefited them. I can't think of anyone. I've been doing this for 11 years. Yeah, I can't think of anyone. (laughs) But I think for most of us, especially those of us that have this history with weight and body where we tend to have a body bully in our head, we tend to think we're never good enough, we tend to be kind of more on the perfectionistic side. Okay, who am I kidding? We are perfectionists. (laughs) I, I don't see the scale as serving us. So let's find a way to either get it out of your house Well, here's my invitation to you. Get it out of your house. Don't have it as a part of your regular routine. If you do want a way, set the boundaries. Get Either get a clear step and get connected with me or set a boundary on the days you will weigh yourself and graph it. Guys, this is just such an amazing topic. I actually, the last module in my e-course, Fuel Her Awesome Food Foundations, the whole module is devoted to measuring success beyond the scale. I've got a handout with like over 100 ways to measure success beyond just that number. And it's really cool when we start focusing on that list of things like more energy, better sleep, more confidence that improves how I interact with people and my body language. I mean, when we shift the attention there and away from the number, it's really powerful. And I think it's like a snowball effect. It's like we get stronger and our brains get stronger, our minds get stronger, we take better care of ourselves and it just starts to flow a little bit easier. So for all you ladies out there that have this relationship with the scale that is exhausting, I want to say, here's your audio hug. I'm so sorry. It, it is exhausting. I remember that. And I remember feeling like a slave to the scale and feeling like it's never good enough, feeling anxiety, like I want it to be up or down or, I mean, there's really no winning. There is a better way and learning to take care of yourself outside of that number is just imperative to your overall health and well-being. And guys, the world needs you and the world needs you to be you. And that number really has no bearing or impact on who you are. And in fact, I think seeing that number frequently really distracts us from what we're called to do and what our purpose and place is in this world. So Um, Let's get off the scales. Let's stay off the scales. Let's use scales responsibly. And a big shout out to ClearStep. Thank you so much for sponsoring this episode. I'm really glad I got connected with you. Um, You've been able to help me navigate this question with clients or this topic with clients in a much more productive way. I love the work you guys are doing. All right, everyone. Have a fabulous week. (laughs) Stay off the scale unless it's your plan today. 
if that's what you've chosen to do. And uh, we'll see you next time. Cheers and happy eating. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope it strengthened your food journey and empowered you to live boldly in your body. Real quick, sister, before you go, if you liked today's episode, please head on over to iTunes, Fuel Her Awesome Podcast, leave a review, and subscribe. Ladies, can you imagine how much better our world would be if women everywhere were free from diet culture and misguided nutrition advice and had the ability to step into their full potential? Sign me up for that world. If you have a girlfriend in mind that you know is amazing, but she's held back by food, body, or diet culture hangups, please join the mission and share this episode on your social media. Don't forget to tag me at JessBrownRD. And if you're looking for more support, I would love to be in your corner. Be sure to check out my e-course, Fuel Her Awesome Food Foundations. Guys, this is a seven-module course with over 10 hours of work, so many things for you to download to really help you lay this sustainable, healthy, foundational relationship with food. And then I'd also love to walk with you personally. Email me at Jess brownrd at gmail.com and I'd love to shoot you over my coaching menu. Cannot wait to chat with you babes next time. Until then, cheers and happy eating.